Hmm? Nothing like hitting a TOT. And we're live. Hey, everybody. Hey. Welcome back to the What's Ready podcast. We are live. And we've already got two likes. So, I mean, I think we can call it quits now. We're good. We're done. Yeah. Thanks, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, like I said, there's only like 10 people that actually watch. And, and I still get feedback on them. So it's good. Uh, so how you been? Hadn't seen you in a little while. It's been good, you know, just uh, working on some stuff and doing some things. Obviously, I'm not in my home, um, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I actually wanted to talk to you about that and see kind of, I mean, obviously, I know where you are, but other people don't know where you are. But, uh, you know, we throw a lot of terms like PME or, you know, professional military education and stuff like that. And there's certain milestones that you have to hit within the air force, whether you're enlisted or an officer. Um, and it's not necessarily milestones like, Oh, I haven't gotten there yet, but it's a lot of it's rank based. A lot of it's, it can be position based. Um, and so you're currently at senior NCO Academy. Yeah. I'm kind of scared to talk about it. Cause you know, I'm there right now. What if I say something stupid and then they're like, dude, saw your live. What are you talking about? But yeah, but I, I mean, we don't have to talk about it. I, f- I figured you're kind of safe. It's not like you're going to, you know, the pipeline. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's, it's good. <laughs> Just out here in Alabama, we're about to start week three, you know, so, you know, team dynamics and all those other things are bas- basically all, all baked in and, and we're working on new curriculum right now. So it's been interesting. So as an, an ATC nerd like me, at least it's at least it's interesting. You know, and I think I've, I've spouted off my opinion about PME on here before, but I'm maintaining a positive mental attitude. And uh, good news is the people are awesome. So there's that. That's good. I, that really does make PME. Maybe, yep. You know, yeah, okay, so the material, you can go through it and that kind of stuff. And, I, and I'm interested to hear about the – and not that I would ask you the, the details of the curriculum now because, I mean, it's the first – like this is the first class under the new curriculum, right? Yep. Yep. So I'm sure that there's going to be some adjustments, adjustments made, um, from there. So there's kind of no, no point for that, but it really is your, your people that you're mm-hmm. in class with that are, that can make or break the experience for sure. Well, it's just, you know, and we, we've talked about it in class, it's nice to be around your peers, you know, cause like we at this rank, we are the, the problem. We are the others. Um, but that, you know, like, I'm not walking around a, a base full of people like me that just have time to sit down and chat about everything that's going wrong. And, uh, you know, you learn a lot from other people and all the other challenges and realize your life's really not that bad, you know, could be worse certain other places in Kerfield. So it's a, it's a pretty positive experience so far. I will update later to let you know if it all goes to crap. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, my time at the, the chief leadership course and then senior actually, I got to say, I don't know that I've had a, a bad class or bad classmates during, during PME. Now I have definitely seen others like, you know, your sister classes or whatever that come back and like, dude, I can't stand these people. And you're like, wow. How, I mean, like, that's hard for me to, to believe just cause like I'm, I'm hanging out and chilling with the people that I'm in here with. Like, it's, it's pretty like, they're okay. People, they're pretty good people. Yep. No, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky. This one, 
NCOA was a little bit different. It was kind of like a 50-50 class, although we didn't have any big fights. But yeah, you look at some of those other classes and people are like actually getting to legitimate arguments about whatever, you know, and, and getting all poopy pants about things. It's like, yo, like, try to have a good time. Try to, at least. What's wrong? Alabama having an earthquake or what? I don't know. Someone's knocking on something. Uh, <laughs> I, I can hear that. Billeting and billeting. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, the joys of being in a hotel. It's great. <laughs> I'm loving it. So what are we going to so, talk about today? Real stuff, though. Yeah, we are going to talk about real stuff. And uh, that's what we we're kind of chatting about beforehand. But so we we had covered it in the past. And I think it kind of needs to be readdressed as well, just because. Um, you know, there's a new cohort of, of people coming in or that are, that are into development. I think, I think we last did this kind of topic or glazed over this topic about six months ago or so. Um, and I think now that we got a new batch in, we, we got to readdress it because we all, the three of us definitely get a lot of DMs, a lot of phone calls and stuff like that from not only, uh, you know, people that are wanting to come in, but also from our buddies that are either, currently serving or retired uh, and they're they're doing great work mentoring folks as well you know uh, mentoring folks at their local pool or their their gym or maybe they teach ROTC in high school or something like that and you know they they everybody's got somebody who's an absolute stud and could could legitimately be like physically a stud um but they're still not in yet. Like they're passing the IFT. They're they're they could easily pass the IFT, and they're still not going in. And it's not because it's not because like, hey, I'm still in school or I'm still, uh, you know, I'm I'm waiting to graduate or something like that. Like some of it, I'm sure is. But yeah, there's a there's a group of folks that you're scared. You're scared to go in. I'll say it. At the very you, least, they're struggling to commit. <laughs> I, I had an Aaron moment there. Aaron would have yeah. said it like, and, and really would have burnt it right in. <laughs> Why are you so scared, man? What's, yeah. what's your problem? But I mean, it's, and, and, and by scared, it's okay. It's part of it's scared of the unknown, but really I'm, I'm telling you right now, if we told you everything that would happen to you, you definitely would not come in. No, definitely. Like, well, because by the time you get to like step number 42, though, you're not going to be the same person. You're not going to be the person that has your experiences now. So, you know, you run into that a lot, right? Where kids are looking towards the end of the pipeline. Like, how could I ever get there? It's like, you'll get there, but just understand that you're not going to be who you are. Right. Right. This second. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, like and I and I'll just use an example. I got a call the other day from somebody, one of my best friends. He's retired, and he's mentoring a dude that can crush the IFT. And he hasn't come in yet, and he's he's been doing this for almost a year. Like he's been able to, he, yeah. So that okay. So that's an issue already. Like it's not like he's still in high school and he's waiting to come in. Like he's been doing this for a year. On his own, he's not in development or anything like that, or or maybe he is now, but he hasn't been in development for a year. And he's he's talked to a couple, you know, he's he follows people on 
whatever Reddit or, or whatever it is. And he's like, Hey, I, you know, and I talked to some friends that, you know, know people that know people that know people. And it's, you know, Air Force Special Warfare is, is crumbling and it's falling apart and that, you know, it's a dumpster fire and stuff like that. And I don't know that I want to come in, you know, if I'm going to come into that. And, and I also don't know if I want to come in under, under the current, uh, you know, presidential administration and stuff like that. And it's like, dude, one, those are probably just excuses. If, if they're not excuses, the fact that you would base whether or not you come in to do a job off an administration is, is a little bit wild to me. It's the same thing as dudes that get out or that separate with zero plan just because they didn't like the commander. Yeah. Like who are you really hurting? Yeah. Yeah. You really showed, you really showed him like, boy, you just stuck it to him. <laughs> like, come on. Well, I mean, I, I, I get all those things. Cause like I'm, I'm, you know, I have feelings and, and opinions about everything. Um, but at the, at the team level and, and whether or not you want to serve, you know, like, do you want to serve or not? You know, uh, do you want to be in the military or not? Like, uh, and then spoiler alert, if you're in for four to six years, you're probably going to go through another president anyway. So every, every time we get a new administration, there's going to be, you're, there's going to be disappointments and things that are surprising and all these other things and change is always going to be happening. So, it's probably not what you think and, and understand that the people that get on the internet and complain for the most part, they're only showing you. And, and I'm saying that there's goodness in it, right? We've talked about it all the time about some of the people pointing out the negatives, but they're, that's all they're pointing out are the negatives. You know, like if they have a great day or they go on some you know, great training or whatever, and their team is awesome, they're, they're not posting that stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta understand that there's two sides of every coin, right? And and what are you willing to do about whatever's happening? Like, what are you going to do from the outside to make things better in the military? If that's a big concern of yours. Yeah. Or other than, you know, complain, criticize and not come in. Yeah. And, and yeah. maybe you use some, some kind of excuse like, hey, I, you know, I would have, I totally would have done it. I totally would have been a PJ if, uh, oh you know, my gosh. and <laughs> I mean, but that's, but that's real. Cause, and, and, and it may seem ridiculous to people out there, but those are, those are legitimate conversations that we have had and not just us. Like I'm talking everybody pick, pick, pick any CCT, PJ, SR, TACP, whatever that's out there yeah. that is either actively serving or retired. And they guarantee they have had that conversation with somebody, dude, I would have done this, but yeah. I, you know. Well, the administration, it's like, well, are you moving to Canada then? Like, no, no. Well, so the truth is you're just comfortable where you're at and you're finding an excuse to not do what you want to do. Really? Yep. Is that, that, that's what we're driving towards? That's what we're driving towards. <laughs> and comfort's a killer, you know, and, and your, your brain is going to find every mistake. And, and it's easy to, to sit on Instagram and follow all these people and know all the dudes in the community and kind of feel like you're part of it and get just enough out of that to, 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 want to stay in that comfortable state that you're at. Like you feel like you're kind of part of it, but you're not really part of it. And then you find an excuse to not actually do the hard stuff. Yeah. Being comfortable is a, a real issue. Um, and it'll get, it even gets people that are already like serving. If you're, if you're already in aspect war, like you will see people that have gotten comfortable and they've lost 
kind of that edge, if you will, to really grind it out and, and suck it up. I mean, and I'm saying that they can obviously have a baseline of suck it up, right? It's not yeah. like they just, oh, they can't handle anymore. They always fall back on a baseline, but that ability to keep ch- that, that want and need to continue to chase more and more and more, it does, it, you, you do see it and it dwindles in some people. I mean, I, I think everybody goes through their ebbs and flows, right? Where you lose that in, intrinsic need to grind, you know, and you, you start relying on, on external factors to push you to, to grind it out and to do what you need to do. And, uh, you know, sometimes you have wake up calls where you go out there and you do an event and it's, it's hard and you actually have to dig a lot deeper than you thought you needed to, to, to get through it. And you're like, oh, okay. And you, you start heading back up that wave again, you know, of, yep. of pushing yourself, but it's, it's just one of those things. Now, it, so in the same, you know, vein, if you will, uh, being critical of leadership, like, Ooh, yeah. I, I think, I think it's important. I think you've got to be critical of leadership and I don't, and I think there's a difference between complaining and uh, complaining and being critical. I, I think there are two, it's, it's one thing to complain like, yeah, okay, we all complain, but if, mm-hmm. if I'm going to be critical of leadership, which I am right, there are things yeah. that our leaders have done that I do not like, or I disagree with, or I think could have been done better all day long. Like anywhere from from folks that we've had on here, whether it's General Webb, Command Chief Thompson, uh, Chief Master of the Air Force Bass, like there are people that we have had on here that I have disagreed with about certain policies or the way things have been handled or something they've said. Um, but I'm not I'm not coming at them like this is this is this is bullshit. Like you know, and the, and then that's it. Like I either provide objective criticism and a solution or I just go, Hey, you know, I think that we could handle this a little bit differently or, or whatever it is. And that's not just them at the higher level. That's, that's anywhere from, you know, at, at the lower levels, the wing level or group or even squadron, you know, it's just, and I, and in turn, I expect people to be very critical of me and the things I, and the way I handle things as well. Because I can, I definitely have room for improvement without yeah. a doubt. Well, I, I think as enlisted folks, especially like our job is to be the, the doers and the subject matter experts, right? And so the way that you go about criticizing something uh, or, or telling your leader that they're doing things wrong is you, you have to have that conversation. And if you don't, if you're not that subject matter expert, you're just going to end up going in there and being like, I think it's stupid. We have to do this. And they're like, well, why? You're like, well, cause you know, just, just, you know, like get your ducks in a row first, you know, like have a, a real conversation about it and, and, and know what you're talking about and have that solution. Having that solution is probably the most important part because there's nothing more frustrating than someone walking into your office and being like, this is jacked up. And you're like, well, what do you want to do about it? They're like, well, I don't know, but it's not working the way it is. It's just like, man, you're just wasting both of our time. You know, it's that's, and that's what it is. It's a waste of time and energy. They should be t- taking that energy out there as the SME that has to, you know, touch this problem every day and figuring out a better solution or at least coming to me and, and willing to have the conversation about it. And don't come at me being like, you need to fix this. I'm like, well, what are your suggestions? Because obviously this is the way I set it up or this is the way the command team set it up or whoever. And maybe we didn't see everything. So give me the data to fix it. But don't just come in here and complain about it. 
Um, but those conversations absolutely need to happen. That, um, that being comfortable with awkward conversations and confrontational scenarios, however you deal with it. I'm not saying you have to go into to Peach's office and start throwing down. Um, but you need to be able to go in there and be like, this is wrong. And, and, and hope that they don't take it personal, you know, and, and you also can't take it personal. If you don't know what you're talking about, you go in there and this is going to happen to you. If you, you do this, you're going to walk in there and you're going to make an asset to yourself. They're going to call you on it. You're going to be like, yeah, okay. But like, if you take it all personal and just get butthurt about it, you know, like it's, it's not going to be beneficial for anybody. So like there's, there's responsibility on every side of the, who's being criticized and, and who's doing the criticizing and really what it is, is problem solving. If you're not trying to problem solve, then what are you doing? Yep. And the aspect that you, you brought up just now is somebody coming in, somebody coming into your office or coming to you and saying, Hey, I've identified a problem. I think that we could do it better or whatever it is. Right. If you do, um, get butthurt about it or take it personally, like, they're going to stop coming to you. And as soon as people stop, people that, that you as, as a leader work for, cause they don't, they don't, uh, they don't work for you. You work for them. But mm-hmm. as soon as they stop coming to you, that means that you're now cut off and, yeah. and you're, you are put in a hole. Nobody will come to you. Nobody will, whether it's good or bad, they are not going to come to you. And then you really got to worry. Because, yeah, you're you're not going to know what's going on within your organization. Yeah, yeah, you're going to look stupid when you go to a meeting and someone's like, "Hey, I saw you guys doing this." You're like, "What are you What are you talking about?" I don't know because they went out and solved the problem themselves. If you're not going to be part of the solution as the leader, right? So, if they come to you like four times, and you're just like, "No, no, no," or you don't have time, or whatever, or you think you're better than that, and and you're not helping them, you're not enabling them, you're not giving them the tools to solve the problems themselves, which is what they will do more often than not. Then they will. You're like you said. They'll bypass you. They'll solve it on the, by themselves, and they're they're willing to take the repercussions. Yep. And, and but the, you're you're going to look stupid. Yeah. And the other aspect of that is maybe you do come to that person and say, "Hey, this is dumb. I think we can do this better." And then that that you know, I hate the word leader, but using that term, that the leader right says, "No, we're doing it this way." because X, Y, and Z, yep. and perhaps those are variables that you just didn't have, right? Because you're seeing it from one aspect and they've, that person has seen it from your aspect and they're receiving other um, input levels from different directions. And so now they have more variables to the equation and they're able to solve it. And it turns out that doing it, you know, X way is better than your proposed Y way. So but that, that's what makes a healthy organization is mm-hmm. if, if I come into the, the boss's office as a master sergeant and I'm like, Hey, this is jacked up, you know, probably cause my guys want me to go talk to him. And he tells me the reasons why it's easier for me to go back to my guys. I tell them why everybody has the reasons why we're doing what we're doing and not doing it another way, you know? And that way it gets everybody on the same sheet of commu- uh, uh, music, but that communication is key. Um, and then having a reason for everything, but just shutting people down or, or getting hurt or getting, emotionally attached to solutions or processes because it was your idea, you know, and that's one of the traps out there is like, Oh, this is the way I think we should do it. And maybe you had that idea in your head for like years and like, maybe it just doesn't work in the organization you're at and it doesn't work. And people tell you about it. It's, it's sometimes it's hard to let go of those, uh, those things and, and not take it personally. Yep. For sure. Um, I'm going to answer one of the questions in the chat 
I'm going to answer though, and then you pile on because I don't want to ambush you with this question. All right. Um, do you feel PME is worth it? Um, <laughs> hmm. So, yes and no. Uh, I think it could be done better. Um, again, and I'm saying that from somebody who has not seen the the new curriculum, like just using. I mean, obviously, I haven't seen ALA, Airman Leadership School, NCO Academy, um, in quite some time, but I, but I haven't seen the new curriculum at senior NCO Academy. I, about a year ago, I did the chief leadership course. Um, and, and it's funny cause they caveat it other than the networking. Cause that's what I was going to say. I was like the networking for me, just cause that's who I am. The networking was phenomenal. I, I love going and meeting people and, um, and you better believe I keep those contacts in my phone. And if I need something or if I have a question, I'm pinging them about it. Yep. Um, I think some of the material could be uh, not not more relevant, but I think some of the material that is taught, I wish I had known at an, at an earlier rank. Um, for example, like unit manning documents or how to flip positions and billets within an organization. Like I know how to do that now. I wish I had known how to do that kind of as, at least had an idea of how to do it as a master sergeant or an E7, maybe even E8. But I, like I felt just using that as an example, I felt like I was behind the power curve kind of having to learn that as a chief. And then like, I mean, I still ping like we, you know, we just had a, uh, uh, Tommy Case on. She's Tommy Case. Like we released that episode yesterday. He came by my office because I asked him for help last week on something that I didn't know how to do. I, I mean, I've been doing this for better part of two years now. And, and something else came up that I hadn't learned before, which is very, very simple. Um, I just didn't know how to do it. And he came by and helped me. So there are still things that, and, and not that PME is going to be able to teach you every single little thing, especially in, is it, is it five weeks or six weeks now? Five weeks. Five weeks. So, you know, they're not going to be able to handle every single variable that's there. But um, I just think that there has been some PME that or some topics that could have been taught earlier. Now, I will caveat that with uh, joint special operations universities, uh, joint special operations universities, joint senior oh man just softly i i can't remember the the acronym right now it's really bad it's like joint senior anyway um that is a really good course but that's also a six months distance learning followed by two and a half months in residence out in uh, tampa florida so that was phenomenal and that was also great for networking as well but um just regular air force pme there you go well, the, the the reason you liked Jasofsky so much is because it was tailored towards what you do. Yep. Right. And so, like, it's I think it's easy for us to to come into Air Force PME and be like, "This is worthless." Like, blah blah blah. I don't like this. This has nothing to do with me. Why are you teaching me this? I already learned this, or or whatnot. But when you think about the scope, um, you know, like the Air Force isn't that big, so like having everybody having their own like senior NCOA or NCOA and ALS. Uh, that's tailored to their specific organization and their skill sets is is probably going to be a, 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 a solution that's too expensive to, to you know execute. So 
while I don't get a lot of value most of the time out of a lot of the curriculum that's presented at these courses, at least the way it was through my career, the, the networking is always good. Um, but like understanding the scope, but there's an opportunity to learn how other people do business while you're doing it. Uh, seeing how the other students react to the curriculum and, and listening to their stories, which is not necessarily networking. It's just, you know, broadening my experience base. Uh, there's, there's no reason why I can't come out of here with a few nuggets of, of how to do things a little bit better and, and, and understand how what I do fits into, you know, the greater Air Force uh, mission statement. And, you know, and, and they gain, gain an understanding from me about, you know, when all their stuff gets done and, and, and where it ends up, you know, on the ground. So, you know, it's, it's just like you get a new teammate, right? And you don't know what to do with them. What do you do? You find you find a reason. You find something that they're good at. You don't waste talent. You don't waste people. And so, like, why waste the opportunity when you're sitting in a classroom for five weeks at a time to just, you know, automatically blow off all the curriculum? Try to find some goodness in it. Exactly. Um, well, you sitting as a functional manager would have a better bead on this question. I'm, I'm sorry. It, I'm kind of transitioned because I, I read the questions, but, like, I don't want them to disappear because they're, you know, they, they scroll. But um, no, hit it. there was a... Okay, some somebody's got a mentor. He was a former SEAL. This one goes out to the Reese Hood. Anyway, told told me to go into the Army because there are so few aspect war jobs. Could you elaborate? What does that mean? I don't know that. I don't know if that means like slots. I'm not exactly sure what that means, but I mean we have we have four jobs within aspect war. Yeah, I'll like, let you know when we're full. You know, <laughs> I'll be the first one to come on here and be like, Shh, I don't know why I'm doing this now because, like, obviously we don't need any more people. We're done. You know, cup's full. Mission accomplished. Yeah. But that's the, never going to happen. The slots have never been filled up. No. Um, and that, and it's been that way for the SEALs and the Army, too. That, mm-hmm. like, I mean, hell, the Army just, like, overall recruiting goals, they missed it by 85,000. The other yeah. other month or something like that, like that's that's crazy. So there's no lack of jobs uh, in aspect war, Green Berets, Rangers, SEALs, Marine Raiders. Like there's plenty of work to do. <laughs> yeah, and I, I get it. There there are a lot more SEALs and Green Berets and Rangers than there are us, but you know we were always accepting candidates to see if you know to get what we need. We never get enough of what we need. No, no, never. And it's kind of weird too, because the, our attrition rate from what I understand, and I'm, I'm probably speaking out of turn without data here, but like our attrition rate hasn't changed either. Um, things have not gotten easier. have not gotten harder. Is that, is that incorrect? I, th- I think the numbers are pretty similar to the way that they've always been. If you holistically look at it. Um, I mean, it's, it's hard. So, you know, if anybody goes and tells you that the AMS is uh, easier than, than NDOC or whatever, and I'm sure we could blame it on generational softness or whatever else it is and the, the kids that play video games. But, yeah, the numbers are about the same. Yeah. Uh, we are working to get some, we are working to get the uh, special warfare, the new command team for the special warfare training wing on to chat about uh, now that they've been in the seat for a little over 90 days to give their kind of first 90 day, 90 day look back. So it'd be interesting to see what they, 
because they're not like by by trade. They're um, I know the commander Colonel Kalanga. He is an aviator. I, th- I believe MC one thirty by trade. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure what command chief what Security her background forces. is. Security forces. Okay. Mm-hmm. So objectively looking at it, I like I'm I'm really curious to see what they see and what they think and where they want to take the organization. Um, it's not necessarily, you know, this is, this is probably controversial within my own community, but like, it is not a bad thing to have somebody from the outside come in and take an objective look at what you're doing. No, because they can see things that maybe you're not seeing because we are stuck with almost with blinders on. Now, if somebody from the outside comes in and starts just day one, like just tearing things apart. Yeah. That's an issue. Yeah. But so far, I don't think that that's happened. So, and, and special warfare training wing is not the first one to do this either. Like we, within the 24th special operations wing, you know, they have brought in um, now Colonel Allison black, who's the first special operations wing commander. Like she was, I think she was the first kind of outsider. I could, I'm probably wrong on that, but like, she's, she's the only one that comes to mind that was in a, a leadership role. Like she was in, she was the deputy wing commander making decisions and making movement, uh, moving special tactics officers all over the place. And guess what? It was great. She, she was fantastic. So like, I don't, you know, anyway, I'm rambling. It's just like we, we say it all the time. You, you can have the guy that downrange is the best, the absolute best in the world. But stateside, like in the team room, when it comes to managing things and making things happen the right way and all these other things, maybe not the best personality, you know, stateside. And so like to think that we always have every solution in every situation, especially when we're talking AETC uh, for training our folks, and, and which is pretty far away from, you know, the X. There's, there's nothing wrong with getting uh, other people in there. And the rest of the organization, it's a huge organization. The rest of the organization has plenty of special warfare, you know, bros and broettes in there to, to make sure that we don't, our culture isn't like crushed or whatever we're worried about. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's a question on here that are there oper- opportunities? Man, I can't talk. Are there opportunities to take a leave throughout the pipeline with some of the pipelines being so long? I'm curious how short of a leash candidates are kept on. <clears throat> well, this is me talking, but uh, the instructors want to have time off too. Uh, they enjoy Thanksgiving. They enjoy Christmas, New Year's, um, and they don't want to be around you. Sorry. <laughs> don't be sorry. So, uh, it, the way I've seen it, and, and you probably have more update information, but if you, the problem is you're not going to have very much leave stored up. Like, for example, you earn two and a half days per month of leave. So once you leave basic, you have probably five days in the bank, right? Which you're not going to be able to take leave right after basic. But nope. like, you know, as you're going through the pipeline, if you have leave built up over Christmas, and there's not a class going on or anything like that, like you're going to be able to take leave up to the point that you have those amount of days. What I, this is me talking. What I did was 
instead of me taking leave just to, so that I could bank up and get a bunch of days is I had family come out to see me. It's a little bit more expensive, maybe a little bit more selfish, but um, just on long weekends or, you know, weekends that are federal holidays and obviously clearing it through instructors. Um, you know, my parents or, and my brother came out over long weekends. So mm, the other Petrus. Ah, uh, yes. The other one. Brother. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like anything else, right? It's if you're, if you're not even in yet and you're worried about leave, my first reaction is like, what are we talking about? Like, like I, I get it that you, some of these people don't understand like how much time of their life is going to be required, especially the first few years uh, to, to get to the level that they need to be to, to do the job. Um, but yeah, yeah. You know, you do get leave during like Christmas or if you're in between courses and you need to take leave and all that other stuff. And, and you know, it is what it is, but I, I, that's not something I'd really be focusing on. Like, oh, how fast can I get back home? Like, I, I get it. And I get that people have situations where there's people that need to be taken care of and all these other things. But I think the majority of it, if you're just asking when you can go back and hang out with your friends or, or see your family or whatever, it's like, you know, not as much as you want, almost guaranteed. No. And how many of your friends are you actually? I, man, I'm going I'm to get one with my one friend from high school. The only one I talk to still. I'm going to get him upset, but really, I have zero in common. It, like, at, after being yep. in the Air Force for a year and going through NDOC at the time, like, I had zero in common with anybody back home because I had grown so much as a person because the amount of stuff that, um, amount of shit I had been through through NDOC <laughs> and all the schools and all the people from, all over the country that I'd met, I had nothing in common. Like I had grown so much more than them. They were still smoking weed in the freaking, in their parents' house, living in their parents' house, like in the, in the attic kind of thing. And, and talking about like, Oh yeah, so-and-so got in a fight or whatever. Like, dude, I was so far beyond that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whatever. It's weird. It is weird. Yeah. And it's, it's weird how fast it happens. Well, like you said, your aperture opens so much, you know, like, I mean, you culturally, you know, and then if, if you go home and you try to tell someone a story, you'll, it's going to happen to almost everybody. They're going to be like, oh, what are you up to? And you say something, they're going to react like, I can't believe you do that. You're crazy. Or they'll be like, that doesn't sound that bad. And you're just like, man, like, were you there? You don't, you know, like it's a shared experience that you can't share with people back home. So you almost kind of want to get back to your teammates so you can talk about stuff yep um here's a question from chris will officer cross trainees eventually go through swick we don't know <laughs> i mean that's that's valid i mean we're the officers are making those decisions well when, when you talk about the number of officers and this is just trent talking when you don't have officer instructors in the pipeline. It's really difficult to get enough enlisted people to like, we, ha we have a hard enough time getting enough instructors into the pipeline uh, from the operational side of the house as it is. And now one of the, the biggest, most, you know, resource intensive courses in the pipeline, you're like, Oh, we want to add. And I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but like, say you want to add like 30 or 40 bodies per year into that course. 
that requires like another instructor, requires more resources, requires more beds, all these other things. And, um, you know, I, I'm not sure how necessary it is. There you go. I, I mean, you've got more of a, a beat on it than I do. So, um, but I will say that the pipeline is ever evolving and things change constantly. I mean, from, from ANS to ANS, from SWIC to SWIC, they are changing things. In fact, I just talked to, um, I won't, I won't say his name because he's been on the podcast, but he didn't want his name or his face out there, but he was the SWIC instructor and um, he gave me the recent, <laughs> he gave me the, the recent um, feedback from, from the SWIC class that he was the proctor of and uh, the attrition rate had gone up significantly. And there were some, some folks asking some questions of why that was. And I guess he just held people accountable uh, a little bit more and wasn't quite as lenient on folks from, from what I gather. So, <laughs> yeah, but something, something to keep in mind is the, the overall pipeline attrition rate didn't change. And so right, where right. it happens is, is whatever, but yeah, there's that. <laughs> yeah. I was going to try and find the, uh, the actual numbers, but then I'd probably be releasing some info that probably doesn't need to get out there. Uh, let's see. Yeah, let's not do that. Yeah, yeah, let's not. Uh, the higher rank you are, the more administrative work you have to do. Yes, that is um, up to a certain point. Like, you know, senior admin to staff, you have a little bit. Staff to tech, you have a little bit more. Um, there's The biggest jump is probably tech to master. You probably have more. But once you get to where Trent and I are at, like, dude, it's all, it's all admin. It's pretty well, exciting. It's not all. It's not all admin. There's just there's just more admin, and then like I try and spend as little time behind the computer as I possibly can, uh, just because I want to go out there and just chat with people and and try and fix problems that normally they would not bring to me, like because they're like, ah, he's too busy, he didn't have time, or hell, I'm just traveling my ass off, so I'm I'm like hardly ever in my office. Yeah, yeah. but he's definitely not on team. No, I am. I am definitely not on team. Can I keep up with some of them? Probably not. Those ads would probably wreck me now. Mm-hmm. Um, my son is turning fifteen. Uh, my son is fifteen, turning sixteen next week. He can't enter delayed. No, he he's got to be seventeen. Uh, Jared Phillips, he's got to be seventeen. You can't get him in the door any earlier than that. In fact, a recruiter won't even talk to him until he's seventeen because at that point he's kind of wasting the recruiter's time. I mean, he just like, I mean, it really is. He's just wasting the the recruiter's time at that point. Um, But I will say when he does turn 17 and he does go visit the recruiter for the first time, do not go in there with him. Let him flee. Let him, let him succeed or fail on his own. Yeah. Don't go in there to the recruiter with him because we have seen, and, and again, this is like six months ago, we did this exact same topic because some of the feedback that we were getting from the, the recruiting squadron and what, yeah, from the, yeah, it was from the recruiting squadron was mm-hmm. that there was a rash of parents going into the recruiting office with their, their son or daughter sitting there and answering the questions for their son or daughter. 
the recruiter is there to talk to the recruit, i.e. your son or daughter, not you. So are there questions that you can answer that your son or daughter probably can't just because of like, hey, medical history or, or family history or whatever? Sure. But those questions can be answered later on. They don't need to be answered right there. Allow your son or daughter to be an adult and handle business on their own and then back brief you on yeah. on what the conversation with because then if there's something fishy then you can probably start like hey you should probably ask them this question or this question or that doesn't sound right and if it doesn't sound right then you could ask us because we're going to tell you exactly how it is but like 99% of the recruiters especially on the aspect war side of the house they they are honest and they don't they need you to come in trying to figure out how I should say this correctly. We need, we need folks to come in, but there's also so many folks trying to come in that we don't necessarily need you to come in there and handhold your son or daughter. I think that's where I was getting at. But Yep. I mean, it's just good training. It's good life training just to send them in there by themselves and see how they react. You know, like, can they, can they maintain eye contact? It's like the little things, you know, are they shaking hands? Are they, you know, sitting the way that they should? Are they, you know, speaking to adults the way that adults speak to each other? And if they mess it up the first few times, it's fine. It's a recruiter. They can keep going back. The recruiter's not going to kick them out of their office and tell them they can never come back. Use it as a, as a learning opportunity to go take care of business by yourself. You know, send them to the DMV by themselves when they have to get their driver's license or whatever. It's, that's good for oh, That is a good one. Especially because if you if you are sending if you're worried about them signing anything in the recruiting office that they shouldn't be signing, it's not we are gone are the days where you sign in on a on a Friday, you go into the recruiter's office on a Friday and you're shipping out on Monday. That does not happen anymore. And that hasn't happened for years. So like if they sign something, they still for whatever reason, if they did sign something that was not uh, appropriate like they're not held to that there's nothing binding in that it's like when you're when no. you're uh your, your car salesman does the four square thing on the piece of paper and you work out all the numbers and they just want you to sign it so they can take it back to the manager to be like this person's serious about this and this, this is what they would be willing to do like that that's all it is yeah uh do people's in, people in their 30s have a real chance of joining special warfare? Yes. Can we just start saying no to this question and never answer it again? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> what if we just start saying no? You know, like, what are you going to do? Not join? How about you just commit and find out? Oh. All right. Okay. Uh, so obvi then obviously... If you're, if you're over 30, I put you on a, a shorter leash of, of, you know, common sense than I do. You know, if you're like 17 asking questions, if you go see the recruiter, I'll probably talk you through it. If you're like, does a 30 year old have a real chance? I'm like, I don't know. Adult, 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 go find out. Like, do you want to do it? Then just do, go do it. You know what the, 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 the age is that you can, you can join up until. So like, if you, if you want to do it, just go do it. What do you mean a real chance? It's a hundred percent up to you. Don't come at me with this. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, I'm going to go back to Jared Phillips real quick. Hey, if, if you really want your son to get some extra PT training because he's not getting an ROTC, check out 18 Alpha Fitness. 
fitness.com, 18healthfitness.com. Use the promo code, the number one ready. And he's got a ton of training plans on there for Rangers, Seals, Marsoc Raiders, and especially Aspect War. And then you can get him a training plan that's tailored to him. Um, mm-hmm. And then Kevin, who who runs 18 Out Fitness, he was, he's a prior Green Beret, so he's, and he's a complete stud. Um, he, he tailors the programming to your son based off of the timeline that he needs. And since he's 15, turning 16 next week, like he's got a lot of time to get ready. So, and at least you'll get a discount on the, on the codes. So, and Kevin will keep training him for as long as he needs, but um, yeah, I would go that route. That sounds like a fantastic Christmas present to give to your child is a program from 18 alpha fitness. That's actually really good. I'm terrible at Christmas presents or birthday presents, but that's, that actually is a very good point. Hmm. Just throwing it out there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, or if I'm you're sorry, in your 30s I'm just rolling and your through spouse here. is asking questions. There's a lot of stuff. What's that? Or if you're in your 30s and your spouse is asking questions, get them Kevin's program, you know? Ooh. Oh, what? Oh, spouse is asking questions about, like, what it's like yeah. or how much you actually need to train. There you go. Kev will let you know. Um, I've heard rumors about a 9Z AFSE. Are they talking um, about the, uh, the, the, the support AFSC to keep people? It must in, be uh, something about CMS being a special duty. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know what, uh, Irvin Chung is talking about here. Um, do you have any more data on it than I do? Uh, so not really, I don't know if there's going to be a nine Z like AFSC, some of the combat mission support or what is being now dubbed as uh swims special warfare mission support. Uh, some of those members do get SDAP special, du- the special duty pay. Um, not all of them, unfortunately, but I know that that is an initiative that they are wanting to go through where it's at right now in terms of approval and making the changes i actually have no idea but i have heard that and um hopefully the staff would increase with you know some of those swims folks but yeah right now only only a handful of them get it and i couldn't even tell you off the top of my head which afscs get it um but yeah we were, we were having a hard time so like when when afsoc finds talent they want to ha- hang on to talent. You know what I mean? Um, but it's not always the best move career-wise for these folks to stay in AFSOC for, for too many years. You know what I mean? Uh, because of what they're doing. So they've been trying to find the solution for a long time to like when people come over and they, they fit in and they do a really good job. Like how do we hang on to these people? How do we incentivize them? How do we make sure that they have career progression after this or during this uh, so that we're not just uh, you know moving people through all the time? But we get very jealous of our talent. <laughs> that is true. We like to hang on to it. Um, let's see. What's another one here? Uh, does Aspect War have CDCs? Do you all have CDCs right now? I think we do. I, I talked to uh, Chief Sadler couple weeks ago and there's new ones being there were new ones 
going to be put out, but uh, he didn't like, like they needed some updating. And so he was going to pull them. So currently I don't know if folks are taking them right now. Yeah. That's one of the things on the SR side that we still haven't knocked out. And, you know, it requires a discussion every year to decide if we're going to do CDCs or just do, um, you know, upgrade events. And I think right now we're upgrade events uh, and not CDCs based on the, the time constraints we had standing up to career field. Yeah. Please don't, please do not quote me on that CCT side of the house. Um, just because, like I said, I had that conversation with the career field functional manager a couple weeks ago, and I don't know where it's at right now. So please don't hold me to that because I, I could be wrong, which does happen quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, no, green eyes. If you're 40, you can't get in unless you have prior service, and then you can take you can subtract your the time that you had as a prior service. And if it takes you below 39, then you're good. But if you're already 40 and you've never been in, uh, you're, you're shit out of luck. Yep. There we go. That one was easy. Yeah. At what point do you know that you are really in or can you fail at any port portion of the pipeline? I mean, you can, I mean, you're, you're in once you get, so I I guess it depends on what we're we're defining as as in, right? Um, I mean, you are in the pipeline once you get selected from ANS, but then at the same time like are you in the pipeline if you're at SWIC and ANS? Like, uh, you know, or are you in once you get your beret and you graduate and you arrive to your first team? Like, you Yeah. <laughs> The, the majority of the attrition happens uh, dive school and back, right? But mindset-wise, I would never tell someone that they're in. Mm-mm. You know, like after you get out of the pipeline, you're not in. You can still be removed from the crew field. You know, like there's still requirements that you have to meet. Uh, but yeah, post post ANS and pre dive and dive, we don't see a lot of attrition after that, and and. We're not trying actively trying to get rid of people. Not like we're really trying to do that in AMS. We're just seeing what they are. But um, yeah, but I, I think that's the, the the tipping point is is dive school. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's that's where you definitely see the 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 attrition rate go down. Now there are some people that have still quit, which is mm-hmm. very unusual. Um, but we found that it's it's a lot of comes from. Not not from the events that they've got to do or the schools that they got to do. There's usually some external pressures that are involved with those folks that are end up quitting after high school. Yep, life happens. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's see. Uh, Trent is dropping bombs. No, that's my job, <laughs> not Trent's. Sorry. I'm like, I am not a JTAC anyway. Here's what I am I mean. not a qualified JTAC. <laughs> yeah. Please, please drop bombs on these people over here. <laughs> uh, let's see. I, I like this because there's a lot of folks in here that actually, that, because we take so long to answer the damn questions and get to them, that they actually answer for us. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. It's the one for uh, the community. It's a beautiful thing. Dude, I'm telling you, like, I, 
the uh, I was on Discord this morning. Just I, I peruse it just to check and see if there's any mentions or anything like that, right? And somebody, somebody on there had put uh, kind of like a downer. I, the best way I can describe it, kind of like a, a sad or a downer kind of post. And immediately you could see people like jumping in and going like, Hey man, you okay? You need to talk. You're like, we can hop on a phone call. We can do this, 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 you know, um, which I don't think in the past, I, I think that's a recent thing, probably in the last five years or so. I don't mm-hmm. think that was a thing. Uh, I know that wasn't a thing like when I was going through and, and these people don't know each other either. Well, so, so here's the thing with like the, the current generation, right? They're so comfortable not doing face to face and like being involved in everybody's lives. And we, 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 you know, when these people show up and maybe they're not the best face to face people on earth, but it doesn't mean that they're not somehow in some ways better than our generation was, you know what I mean? And then, yeah, I love, I love seeing the, the positive, the PME mob out there trying to help people out and, and lift everybody up. And, but they also call each other out on their BS, which is fantastic. <laughs> which is also funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, we've talked about it before. Like you and I have only met twice in person. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think twice. Yeah. Maybe three times. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Like for, for probably a total of three hours, maybe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So you can, you can establish quality friendships and relationships over a digital space. That is, that is a thing, which is funny because if you had said that 10 years ago, the people would have said there's, there's no way, but I think that the technology has helped us get to that point where we can absolutely do it. And it's, it's a viable thing. Well, and, and then like the discord, you have a whole bunch of people on there trying to do the, the same kind of thing. Right. And, and with you and I and Aaron, like we all, you know, we all know people that know each other and it's like, Hey man, is this dude a POS or is he a good dude and blah, blah, blah. And so like having that, that shared foundation, I think helped us out a lot too. Oh, for sure. And, 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 you know, whether it's the discord or Reddit or, or, you know, YouTube, Instagram, whatever, you know, you got a bunch of people that we've, we said it before and you've heard other people that are way smarter than us say it that, you know, surround yourself with people that are like-minded in terms of chasing after the same goals that you want to chase after. Like that's essentially what you're doing when you enter into some of these forums or, or discords or whatever it is, because these are all people that want to do or are at least interested in supporting what you want to go do. And so they're going to be there to, help guide you or help, you know, act as a sounding board for you or whatever it is. So though you can't be physically with somebody, at at least you're there in a a digital version of some, you know, (laughs) in the metaverse. Oh, the metaverse. Here we go. Yeah. Um, Okay. I think that's all the questions. Um, Is there anything else you wanted to hit topic wise? Um, I, I'd written down something like before we started, uh, like the, the dangers of, of binary thinking. Mm. And I think it's, it's a trap that we, we fall into a lot. Just the, uh, and it kind of goes into commitment, you know, thinking that like, if I do this, this happens, or this is good and this is bad and categorizing events and people that way. 
Um, so like I, I'm always trying to encourage people to like work on their brain. Right. Cause for me, that's always my biggest obstacle is getting past myself and, and, and think about how you think about things. You know, if you think about like, we, we, we keep talking about the near peer environment a lot. It's like the hot topic and the, the national security strategy and the NDS and all that other stuff. And if you look at that and you just say, Oh, well, like Russians are bad, you know? And then you, you're like, they're, they're bad. We want to like, no, no, like do some education, educate yourself and figure out that they're just people. Because I think once, if you do the binary mindset, you have a tendency to underestimate people or not understand why they're doing what they're doing and understanding their motivations and where they're coming from. And, and, and knowing that they're just people just like you, it gives you a greater sense of what they are capable of. And that way you're not just like, Oh, these are bad people that need to die. It's like, no, no, no. Like, I'm not saying that that's not the case, but understanding more about them and, and making that 3d environment in your brain about what you're, you're getting yourself into. Um, I, it helps me anyway. It helps me understand, you know, how things operate and, and not think of things in, in binary terms and like good and bad. Um, and, uh, and getting after it. And I think that's how I try to find the good in everything is it's, you know, like PME is not like, Oh, PME sucks. And I'm just going to come here and not get anything out of it. It's like, well, see the bigger picture, look around, what are they trying to do? What are the opportunities here? And, and understand what, what, what's really going on and, and find the opportunities and the goodness there and, and the education there uh, to, to be more effective myself and to affect other people or situations in a better way. Does that make any sense at all? It does because it's when you, when you do think in a binary fashion, like it is, it is easier to just say, you know, all these people are, are pieces of shit or, or all these people should die or whatever, whatever it is. Right. It is mm -hmm. easier to just do that instead of take a step back and critically think that like, Hey, things are not, it's not binary. It's, it's, it's complicated and there's a lot of nuances in it that you have to navigate. And there is not one, I mean, you could look at politics. There's not one policy, right? One law or one policy that is perfect for every single person, for every American, right? It's, there are some that maybe it's a majority thing like, Hey, the law helps out the majority of these people, but there are still these other folks that um, either can't take advantage of the law or that law or policy doesn't help them out. Right. Um, because there's just, there is not one. It, you said it. I mean, I don't know how else I could, I could better say it. Things are not binary in life. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think people, Need to get after that. But it's also like in my brain, that's also connected to like centralized con control and decentralized execution, right? Like the more complicated you make things, the higher up, the less flexibility you're giving people down below. You know what I mean? And so uh, as a, as a leader or as, as anybody else, and, or if you're critiquing your leaders being like, Hey, like all I need from the boss is the intent and we got the rest of it. And like, we, we can handle all that stuff. But like we're, we we're in the three dimensional environment. So when you're up there in the 2D environment and the admin environment, and you're trying to tell us like how to do our job, like you're just getting in the way. And so like you need to, the, there needs to be like some trust and some decentralized execution uh, ability and flexibility and responsibility uh, to, to effectively get, get the mission done. Um, so understanding like kind of where you're at in the chain and, and how deep you need to go down that rabbit trail is, uh, is important as well. I'm not sure that really connects, but it does in my head. Well, I mean, I, I think it, I think it connects, um, through a couple different avenues, but the, the whole trust thing, that's what it comes back to. Um, okay. So my current organization has 
nine different locations across the U.S., right? I mean, yeah, okay, so, you know, the commander of the weapons school still owns, still has certain authorities and still has, you know, oversight and command at a group level over all of these squadrons. Um, but each of those commanders of those squadrons also are on G series orders and have authorities that they can, you know, execute on. Um, yep. So the weapon school commander gives intent and then the others execute. Doesn't tell them how to do it. He just says, Hey, this is, these are the list of priorities, lines of effort, or, you know, things that we need to get after that I, that, I think are important and I think that we need to get after. And he aligns those with the NDS. He aligns those with um, chief staff of the air force uh, Brown, um, like, and then all the way up, like just keep going up the chain. And, and, you know, he's, he's aligned the weapons who with that. Um, but they don't tell us how to do it. They trust that we will do it and execute it and get after it. Um, just like, we do with the squadron commanders and the, the squadron uh, senior enlisted leaders and so on. Like, man, can you imagine if, if, you know, CQ Brown or chief Brown was just like, okay, you're going to do this and you're going to do it exactly like this. And then you're going to do it all the way through all the generals, through the chiefs, through like, yeah, nothing would get done. It would be a terrible organization. That is why we have, I mean, if we're, if we're going to use, current conflicts that is why the nco core or the enlisted core but especially the nco core is so important so important because if you are a country that is uh, in a conflict that does not have good structure good enlisted force structure good ncos then you're going to be on the struggle bus Oh, other countries constantly ask our folks, like, how, how do we make NCOs like yours? I don't understand how you guys do this, you know, because we don't, I don't have to call up eight levels up my chain of command to do anything, you know, like that authority gets pushed all the way down in, in the, the right environment, right, to do whatever you need to do. And and you're, you're trusted to make the right decisions and you're trusted, you know, that, that the decisions that you make, like the people above you are like, well, I wasn't there. And if this is what, you know, as long as it's not egregious. You know, then they're like, hey, you made a call. Good yep. job. And it's, it's just something that culturally does not exist in most of the world, especially militarily. So, no, and one of the ways we do that is is to send people to professional military education. Like that is one of the ways that we do it. And that's what we call a circle back, folks, uh, <laughs> in the old biz. But uh Yeah. So that is one of the ways that we do it is we send people like, so we can get a baseline or a rebluing, what we call it. We send people to PME or professional military education at numerous levels for enlisted side. It's airman leadership school as an airman, the NCO Academy or the non-commissioned officer Academy. When you're a staff, or actually when you're a tech is when you go. And then um, senior NCO Academy when you're E78. And then we have chief leadership school, for chiefs and then there's the summit and then we have SOCOM has its own courses, like a whole catalog of courses. Officers have a whole bunch of different schooling too. They actually have more than the enlisted, but um, like that's how we, we all get it at least on a baseline. So we know where we're going. So um, 
We appreciate everybody joining us. Uh, unless you had any parting shots there, Trent. No, no. Go ahead and commit, y'all. It'll be okay. Just do yeah. it. You're going to be all right. It'll be all right. And if it's not, you can, I don't know. If it's not, it's it's, it's not the end of the world. But um, appreciate you joining us. Appreciate the questions on the chat. Um, you know, in the future, we would like to do these a little bit more often, but uh, sometimes schedules just don't allow. So appreciate you joining us. Please leave a review, like, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Check out all of our uh, folks that we collab with. You know, we've got Trench Coffee Company. We've got 18 Out Fitness. We've got Attack Lead. We've got Hoist, Eberly Stock, um, and then Outer X Pomade. Like, and each one of those have promo codes. Some of them, most of them are ones ready. Some of them are different. Oh, Carter Max as well. So, like, go check them out. Uh, they're all friends of ours, so we're not just some randos. Like, we all know people within those organizations, or if not in the organizations, like they run the organization. So, yeah. um, check them out and appreciate you joining us. We're out here. There you go.